Welcome to another episode of Hear and Obey. When we sit down and talk through the text of Scripture that was just preached the Sunday before, this is a Tuesday afternoon. Usually we record these on a Monday, but coming out of Christmas on Sunday. Observing the holiday. Observed. <laughs> Christmas observed on on well, Monday. That's right. time. You had family in town. I did, yeah. Just left As this morning. Did I. Yeah. yeah. Wild. Yeah. Good time. So we just wrapped up. This was the last message in our Advent series. Uh, we called it This Is My Son, and we looked at several texts that uh, where the Father directly addresses the Son, speaking about the Son to the Son. And this one, kind of wrapping it up, speaks about God's testimony concerning His Son, which is why we thought this was an appropriate place to end. It, it's a little different than the others in that it's not a direct uh, address from the Father to the Son, but it is a text about the Father's testimony about the Son, that's concerning right. the Son, and the life that we have in the Son. So yeah. that's enough about that. We'll read the text here. 1 John 5, 6 through 12. By the way, I'm Ryan Chase, one of the pastors at Emmaus Road, and I'm joined today by Matt Grun, the pastoral resident here. Mark Christensen joins us sometimes, but he's still out of town with family for Christmas. So we are, uh, it's the two of us today. 1 John 5, 6 through 12. This is God's Word. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son, Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Father, thank you for your word. We pray that you would sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Amen. The testimony. Lots of testimony going on here. Yeah. Lots of witnesses. Yeah. Observations. What what do you notice? What stands out to you? I think, yeah, thinking back on Greg's sermon on Sunday and then also just, just hearing the text read again, it's just, you can't. One thing that we really appreciate about John in particular is his, um, especially here in his letters, um, his his gospel can be a bit more, uh, <laughs> what's the word, um, thick. Mm. But here he speaks really plainly. Like mm. he he doesn't. It's not like Paul where we have huge arguments and run on sentences. These are just statements after statements after statements. So that's helpful because mm-hmm. it kind of helps us get our heads around it. But it's also a little bit. You know what is what? What does he mean by this? Is he who came by water and blood? Obviously, he means he's talking about Christ. Well, what is right. the water and the blood? What are those referring to? Is yep. that talking about his birth yep. only? Is it talking about his baptism, which Greg pointed to, mm-hmm. plus which would be the water and then mm-hmm. the blood on the cross? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are all of our our opening questions, and those are mentioned over and over again. But I think what you mentioned, I think what's right is the repetitive, the repeated word is testimony. Mm. What does it mean to testify to something? Or it means to bear witness to, is to say, I saw that, mm-hmm. and here is, here are my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so each of these things are giving a testimony about Jesus, but right. then all that's leading up to 
the final testimony, which is that of the Father, which in which is the key point is that this Son has the life, yeah, my life, yeah. And if you have Him, you have life. If you don't have Him, you don't have life. And it, it really is just that simple. Yeah, yeah. The, these witnesses, then John is just kind of pointing to the fact, and we know from the Old Testament uh, standard of justice. For a claim to be established, it had mm. to be established by two or three yeah. witnesses. Two or three. Um, so multiple multiple eyewitnesses corroborating the same claim, the same right. event. So I think it's significant that John is making the claim. There's more than just one right. witness or, or testimony here. Here are three. And on top of the water, the blood, the spirit, we have the testimony of God, which is greater than the testimony of of any man, right. whatever any human being could say. And and John, in the beginning of this letter, begins by making the claim or alluding to the fact that he and the other apostles are eyewitnesses of these things. You know, 1 John 1, 1, that which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked on, we've touched with our hands concerning the, the word of life. Um, and, and then he talks about, we, we've seen it, we testify to it, we proclaim to you the eternal life. So... You add in his eyewitness testimony, yeah. but here it's like he's saying that there's something even greater than right. the eyewitness testimony of any man, which is powerful. But mm-hmm. God Himself is not silent on this matter, right? And, and it, you know, that's that's well said, especially at the beginning of the letter, John one or First John one, where he talks about he's he references all these tangible things that right. what we saw with our eyes. Yeah. It was all very visceral, yeah. right? As witnessing Sensory. something, as witnessing something is like if you yeah. see a car accident, it's it's. A multi-sensory experience. Right. You see, you hear, there's yeah. emotion. Um, and so John, who was an eyewitness to not only this event, but or not only to the life of Christ, but key events like his like his crucifixion, mm-hmm. his, his miracles, the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter in First Peter references the Mount of Transfiguration as kind of another testimony. Like we were there on the mountain with yeah. him. We heard the voice of God speaking. And yet, Peter's point, and I think John's point here is there's a greater uh, word being spoken throughout, and it's being carried by the Spirit. The yeah. Spirit is the one who brings truth, and it yeah. brings illumination. That's what um, where Greg landed on. They're, like, it reminded me of when I read Jonathan Edwards' um, "A Divine and Supernatural Light." Mm. This he, Edwards just argues as you know, Second Corinthians four, uh, first or first Peter two, Peter one, first John one, first John five. There's this light, this yeah. illuminating effect of the Spirit that brings light right and and it brings life because the light that it brings is to see the glory of Jesus yeah. and with you it, witness it for right yourself exactly and there's a self there's a, a self testimony mm-hmm. and then the spirit actualizes the the authenticating nature of that and so there's this sense of like oh yeah I see it because it's tr- and there therefore it's yeah. true and yeah. so in a sense seeing is believing but the miracle has to happen to open your eyes to see yeah yeah, P- Piper always talks about in I think in Peculiar Glory where he uh, kind of riffs on this theme of seeing supernaturally uh, the the Word. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in that series of reading the Bible supernaturally. Mm-hmm. He talks about it how it's one thing to 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 look through a window in the Swiss Alps and to to know there's a mountain out there, mm-hmm. but it's a whole other thing to see it and yeah. to because it's it's you are. In, in engaging with the fact that there's a mountain out there, mm-hmm. but it's a multi-sensorial event. You're, yeah. There's an awe, there's a beauty, there's a majesty that's involved that would not be otherwise if you just saw it on a in a book. Right, right. Yeah, to behold it for yourself, right. to be affected by it, 
it goes beyond just knowing about it. And I, I, that was one of the points that Greg made on Sunday that I, I think was so helpful that, um, y- you know, when I think about this text, it, it's pointing to historical realities. Mm-hmm. Um, and like John says at the beginning of First John, like you were saying, the, these sensory experiences, seeing, hearing, uh, witnessing, touching, he even says, we, we, we touched him. Like literally the word became flesh, right. walked among us, we heard him. So the incarnation, this text in First John 5 doesn't strike us initially as a, a Christmas text. It's right. not about the, the, the birth of the baby Jesus, but it is incarnational in the sense that it's about the fact that the Son of God came into the world mm. and manifested himself in these ways that confirmed or corroborated what he claimed, that he is the Son of God, that he's the one who gives life. So when you think about those events, the, if, if it's if what John has in view, as Greg said, is the water referring to his baptism, you preach that text yeah. at the beginning of our Advent series, that's when the Father speaks right. audibly this is my beloved son. Mm-hmm. With him, I am well pleased. Mm. Um, so there is a testimony from the father there at his baptism. Yeah. Likewise, at his death, you know, when that the Roman guard says, "Surely this is the son of God." Right. Th- there is something proven there. So it's it's it, th- those are because of the incarnation. Mm. John is saying um, he actually walked among us. Yeah. We, we've seen these things, and yeah. yet I, I was so helpful when Greg just pointed out um, it takes more than just the historical evidence or historical arguments or the logical arguments is more than just convincing your mind this actually happened. That, that's part of it. It's not less than that, right. believing that these are historical realities. But you could believe that it was real, that it actually happened, and not see the glory of Jesus, yeah. not trust in Jesus as your Savior and right. Lord to forgive you from your sins. Um, and so that that distinction right there uh, it, it, what the spirit does is something deeper than just causing us to nod along and say, Oh yeah, I, I believe Jesus was real. And that's a miracle, right? That's a and miracle. That's, and that's what's so, you know, what le- why we are who we are convictionally about Calvinist or reformed soteriology or reformed in our soteriology, the doctrine of salvation is because we really rest in that reality of, I cannot, produce that belief within myself. I cannot see right. and the same thing for for John mm-hmm. and the apostles. They 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 did not bring about the incarnation. Yeah. Uh, John just the, the verse you were referencing in John 1:14 and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Mm-hmm. And we have seen his glory, the glory is of the only son from the father full of grace and truth. They hadn't they did not conjure up that event at all. Right. God came to them mm-hmm. and God enfleshed came to them and they were able to see and testify to this truth. And and I think you're exactly right. This fits so well for a Christmas morning text because isn't Christmas a multi-sensory experience? Like it's one thing for us to know about the birth of Jesus and what it all means and the theology and the the incarnation and all that stuff to, to know that factually. But there's something about Christmas that brings about this Nostalgia. It's just multi-sense. Yeah. There's smells that everybody loves. All there's the food. There's all that. There's movies that people like. Some people don't like them, and they're crazy. Yeah. But we won't talk about that no. here. No, not. <laughs> but it is that. <laughs> I mean, time. there there is the full weight that now that we're moving out of the Christmas season, mm-hmm. there is a sense of we're leaving. Okay, now we got to go back to this. Like yeah. we're leaving the fields, yeah, if you will. Yeah. But but I think that's getting to kind of what the Spirit does for us every day mm. is connect 
the, the, the knowledge that we intake and as Greg says, it make it real to us, not mm-hmm. in a sense of like it wasn't real and now right. it is real, but it helps connect the synapses to where now it's our whole souls engaged yeah. with communion with God. And that can't happen apart from the work of the spirit. And that's why he says the testimony of the spirit is life. Yeah. If you have that, you have life because you know the son yeah. who, is, who knows the father. Right. And that's an inner working a miracle that the Spirit performs in you, even when you refer to John 1, so not First John, but right. the Gospel of John, John chapter 1, we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Um, there were a lot of people who saw the incarnate Son of God on earth, yeah. people who saw Jesus, the man from Nazareth, and only ever saw Him as a man, yeah. people who hated Him and thought that it was blasphemous that He would even claim to be God and mm. the Son of God, um, people who murdered him. And so clearly, just seeing him physically was not the same as seeing him as the only Son from the Father, full of grace yeah. and truth. So when John says, we have seen his glory, he's talking about a different experience. Not not only we saw the man, Jesus from Nazareth, like, you know, if you've ever met a, a celebrity, um, <laughs> some famous athlete, you can say, well, I, I met that person right. in person. I right. shook shook his hand. Right. Um, th- this is not just we saw him in person, but this is the spirit has done something in us so that when we walked with him, talked with him, listened yeah. to him, the spirit opened our eyes to see yeah. this is the son of God. And that's the same miracle the spirit is still performing 2,000 right. years later, which is we can have that experience as he's revealed to us through the word. Right. And and this goes back to the, the prophecy Isaiah made in, in Isaiah 52, that there would be no beauty to mark the servant of yeah. the Lord. He, he would not have any sort of like majesty yeah. that would draw you to him based on his majesty. Wouldn't it's not catch like, your attention in a th- crowd. That's right. He says, uh, Isaiah says this in Isaiah 52, uh, uh, 14, as many of you were astonished at, at, as many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human summons, his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So he shall sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths with him. Um, that, that's, that's the key is it? Oh, right here. 53. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him mm-hmm. and no beauty that we should desire him. In fact, he was despised yeah. and rejected. Yeah. That's Isaiah is saying, pointing forward to this coming servant, based on he, he will not be born so that there's just this group mentality of let's go look at the king. Right there, in fact, his his station was so low that he was born in the in a barn mm. and nobody knew about him except mm. a select few. And there's just this sense of that's where he was, and the only thing that would draw the people around him when he goes up to them to say, "Hey, come follow me. I'll make you fisher of men." What draws them along is Faith right. being produced by the Spirit. Yeah. And, and that's, like you exactly said, that's happening today. We right. have access to that very thing. That, yeah. That's our whole life. That's why John wrote this letter. Right. Yes. We, we proclaim this to you who yeah. are not eyewitnesses, and he could say that to his audience in the first century, and it's still true to us reading the, the letter today through their witness about him. Mm. Uh, we can have that same experience. The Spirit continues to testify. Mm. Um, I, I love in in this text, verse, where is it? Um, verse 8, the Spirit and the water and the blood. So verse 7 says there are three that testify, making that claim that this is, this is a legitimate testimony because corroborated from three independent angles, the water, the blood, the Spirit. And the, and the Spirit being of God who cannot lie. Right. I mean, th- that's that point of... 
you can't, because it's from God, he cannot lie. So it's, yeah. this is a, a trustworthy witness. Yeah. And if you don't believe the testimony, as John says later, you make the only option you have is to say, God is a liar. Exactly. God is lying. But then he says in verse eight, the spirit of the water and the blood, and these three agree. Mm. Um, and in the Greek, literally it says, and, and the three, these three are one. Yes. Um, there, there's one testimony. They're all saying the same thing about him, which is important because you could have multiple witnesses take the stand, but if they're saying, different things or they they are you know they saw different parts of the event mm-hmm. and they're not corroborating the same thing but the fact that you have these three and they are one there, there's a unified yeah. witness ab- about them just confirms Jesus is who he claimed to be he is who God the Father says he is um, and so all of that is just meant to engender our confidence and our assurance yeah this is true we can we can trust him yeah so we have so Jesus is who he said he was. He has become a man in order to dwell among us so that we may see his glory in a way that you know Moses could only could only dream of as he watched mm-hmm. the backside of God walk past the mountain. But now God has stooped so low as to encompass himself in flesh, to enflesh himself in amongst us that we might see his glory yeah. and that we might walk with him and talk with him and know him and have a great high priest. And all this stuff. All that's coming now. And now he says, okay, this is the testimony of God. This is the testimony. God gave us eternal life. Mm-hmm. And this life is in the Son. That to me feels like the, the high point of yeah. this text is all of this is saying the testimony is true and the testimony is Jesus. And it's all leading up to, and this is it. God gave us eternal life because he gave us his Son. Yeah, And that is where the gospel really takes off here in this text. And that's something that I have to ask myself is, you know, as I read the word, am I, am I getting there mm-hmm. when I read the word? You know, mm-hmm. am I getting to the reality underneath it all? You know, all the nuance of the facts, the water, the blood, the spirit, all mm-hmm. this weaving together. Um, do I revel in the reality of God sending his son to die for me? Yeah. Um, and has now thus given me eternal life. Um, do I ever stop and ponder on that as I'm going through my Bible studies, I'm going through my Bible reading plan as I'm thinking on the word is, is that ever, does that get down to my bones enough? Mm. Um, that's Mm -hmm. a question. That's a good question on Christmas morning. Yeah. And that, and that's, you know, every time we do this hear and obey, the reason we talk about those two parts is because hearing refers to, we want to hear and understand the meaning of the word but the obey part is we, we want to trust and obey. We want to be transformed by the significance of it. And so um, I'm just highlighting that that's what you're doing now is yeah. the, the significance of, okay, application-wise, I, I get what this text is saying. This is what mm-hmm. the Spirit does. God's testimony about His Son is, is trustworthy. So am I experiencing that? Is mm-hmm. Am I lingering over the words so that I'm not just filling my head with facts, but I'm, I want to... The point of all truth is for the spirit to light that on fire. Right. It, you know, it's, it's like kindling, right. um, the, the truth. It's not like we could do without the truth or knowing stuff is unhelpful. No, it, it's the, it's, it's the fuel to the fire, That's right. but it takes the spirit to cause the combustion to make something burn. Yeah. And then it's that truth functioning. You know, it, it is the truth about Jesus that, um, causes 
it, it, that fuels the fire. Yeah. And so I think that's totally appropriate as the um, application of this and right for us to just reflect. Because I, I, I think that just personally, I know that's a, a huge danger. Um, it's easy to fall into just kind of going through, yep, I know this stuff, mm-hmm. familiar with it, especially the longer you walk with the Lord. Like, okay, I, yeah. I know these things. I've, I've read this before. I've heard that before. Um, and, and then you find, wow, but is that affecting my heart? Um, and like you said, am I lingering over? So, you know, I'd be curious to hear, because um, Greg talked on Sunday about how does the witness of the Spirit work? You know, do you mm. hear a a whisper in your ear when you're <laughs> reading the Bible, some, you know, uh, this is true. You know, what, what does that, what does that mean? The, the, wit- the witness of the spirit and how, how do we experience that? Or how do we, is it possible to pursue that more? Mm. Um, yeah. Thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, that's, that is really well said because I think that can be the, the chase is trying to figure out how, how do I, do I have the spirit? Mm-hmm. Do, it, is it happening to Has me? It, what right. if I don't hear the voice? Are other people <laughs> hearing yeah. the voice and I'm not? And I think that brings a lot of com- confusion to people. Oh, yeah. I've just, you know, in pastoral ministry, talked with people. Uh, I think a lot of people then, it can it can provoke that questioning like, wait, what are other people experiencing mm. that I'm not experiencing? <laughs> um, you know, are you describing something that is completely unfamiliar to me? Right. And, and then what does that mean about me? Yeah, and, and to me, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not sure, you know, as I read the word, um, and, and I think it's it's important to remember. Um, so, so Greg actually uh, preached through verse thirteen, five mm. for thirteen, and that, that thirteenth verse is actually really important because he says this. I, uh, John says this. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, and that you may know that you have eternal life. Mm. So it's like this sense of I'm telling you all this for your own assurance mm-hmm. that you might know that you have mm. eternal life. And as you read it, if there's a, and I really don't know the right phrasing, but I know theologians of the past have described a, a ring of truth about it. Mm. There's this, not just a head nod, like, yeah, I conceptual, I conceptually can put the puzzle together, mm. but there's a, a beauty. Yeah, that, that, mm. that's, that affects me. Um, but I think getting to your, to your point, what, how does the Spirit testify in our life? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just from to, to, the way I've experienced it is you know the the seeds that are sown in Bible reading in in getting the word in me uh, so that it might dwell um, and that for a while just means shoveling it in and <laughs> taking mm-hmm. it in mm-hmm. and intake for a long time and then as the years go by moving more towards dwelling and meditating um, I think where I feel. It's not so much as I'm reading that I'm affected. It's as I go about my day mm. and situations come up and the things I've, th- things I've read or things I've dwelt on in the past or things that even I read that morning just come to mind. Mm-hmm. And not that I say anything and not that I maybe I do, maybe I don't or whatever. It just all of a sudden the word is getting stuff done in my mind yeah. and how I'm dealing with the world around me. Mm-hmm. Somebody, something comes up, and I feel myself react in anger. The word comes up, uh, <laughs> put to death that which is earthly in you, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, convictional passages, or promises and, and hopes, and um, or something that I can give to somebody. I, especially, in, you know, I think where this has manifested itself most regularly is in missional communities, mm-hmm. in 
in times where we're interacting with one another, asking each other, hey, how are you? Um, and meaning like, how, how's, <laughs> how has it been? Right. Um, not just what have you done, but, but how goes it? Yeah. Um, and then those being opportunities for that arsenal of the word to start to enact itself. Mm-hmm. And then as that happens, I just, you know, usually later on, I have myself reflecting back and think that's, that's something's going on there. I, I didn't think actively as I'm having this conversation with somebody, Hey man, what's a passage I could use to, mm-hmm. no, I, I just think, Oh man, this, something just comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like, wow, what's that word? Copiousness. This, it's at your fingertips. Yeah. And that can only happen from dwelling on it for years. Time, time in the word. And so, you know, yeah. I, I just think it's, it's not a lightning bolt. It's not mm-hmm. a whispering in your ear. But it is kind of this dance of, that you grow in mm-hmm. um, and the roots go deeper and more nourishment comes forward the deeper you go. And it just becomes this gospel fluency enacted. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's the spirit working through all of that to, mm-hmm. to bring about that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's helpful. I, th- I think just knowing God has communicated to us and preserved for us his testimony about his son in his word, and it's the spirit who convinces us that that's true. Mm. So it's not something we just like muscle up or kind of white knuckle ourselves into belief, but it's the the spirit who causes us to see, to see it as true. Yeah. yeah. And and then it's the spirit who works in us. I I was helped years ago. I heard John Piper say in an interview, or I forget the context of it, but he he said something like, um, for him personally, it's not like every quiet time, devotional time that he has is Mm -hmm. a lightning bolt of awe and wonder and right. <laughs> brilliance, um, that a lot of times it's, it's ordinary, you know, seems fairly mundane, but he said something I'll, I'll never forget something like don't underestimate the long-term effect of just submitting your heart and your mind to the truth of God's word mm. as a habit day after day after day for years and years and years, like you're saying, then the, the word of God builds up there. Yeah. And I, I think that's helpful because sometimes if you're expecting every daily quiet time to be a mountaintop mm. experience, or you think that's what everybody else has, and so then there, I must be doing something wrong, I, I think right. it can set the expectation a, yeah. a little off. Whereas to just come to the Word and, and pray, you know, I, I often pray, I do this, I just prayed at the beginning of this recording, um, Jesus' prayer from John 17, when he says, sanctify them in your truth, your Word yeah. is truth. Um, and praying that personally. Because it just affirms, God, your word is true. I, I trust that. I believe that. That's a work of the Spirit. Right. Why do I believe your word is true? <laughs> your Spirit has worked in yeah. me and, and convinced me of that. And so knowing that your word is true, I'm, I'm going to take it in. I'm going to meditate on it. And, and I'm going to ask God to you know affect my heart by that truth so that my heart would, would burn within me. Um, and like you said, we, we often don't know when exactly that happens at times it's more pronounced than others when our hearts are especially stirred by the spirit. But I think, um, mainly we want to be in the word and believing it, mm. trusting it. And when we notice, I'm not really trusting you. I'm, I'm desiring something else more than you, Lord. Mm. Um, I'm believing that you're not true, that your word's not true. Then, then we confess that. We realize that right. sin, like that's what John says here. You, you make God a liar when you don't believe his word. So when you realize, wow, I am not trusting you to provide for me. And so my anxiety is high because I'm, I think the future is uncertain. And mm. I think that 
God, you're out of control. And, and you realize that's, that's sin. That's wrong for me to not believe your word. So I confess that. I repent from that. I turn to a promise, uh, a text, something specific. And I just profess, Lord, I, I do believe yeah. that you will provide and meet my needs, that you are not out of control, but that you are good and you're working all things for my good. I believe that. I'm going to pray over that. And I might need to pray over it, linger over it, and Again, confess it two minutes later, five minutes later, <laughs> that my heart is drifting back into unbelief. But mm. but that's what I'm on guard against. And and through that, then the Spirit works in us, confirms to us. And and that's the work of the Spirit when our hearts um, are convinced, yeah. Lord, you are good and you are working for me. Yeah. And, and we experience as a gift of God's grace, peace instead yes. of that anxiety yes. or joy instead of that guilt or whatever it is. That that's yeah. that's the spirit working that, in us. That's preaching the gospel to yourself. This, this process of sanctification that's lifelong. It's working out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. Yeah. And, and it is that process by which then we put to get to death that which is earthly in us. And then as you just described, what is the result? fruits of the Spirit, yeah. fruits that come through and by and because of the Spirit taking the finished work of Christ, applying it to our yeah. souls. And, and it is that process. And one of those key things is belief, right. that we might know and be and believe and then have eternal life. And, and now we experience that eternal life in things like peace mm-hmm. and joy and patience and, and the rest, because mm-hmm. those are the things that come because of the word. And uh, so it is a, you know, as we look to the beginning of the new year, I'm sure many people are starting over their Bible reading plan or starting a new one or starting their first one or mm-hmm. what have you. The hope is not in just plowing through mm-hmm. and the hope coming into the new year is not just to, to, uh, you know, check off all check the days. Off. That's right. You know, to, like I'm like a half running a half marathon. Right. Like I just you know muscle through it just to say I've done it. Um, the hope is to hear from like John says in in verse thirteen. I write these things to you that you might believe in the Son of God and that you might know that you have eternal life. Yeah, that's why we read the Word. Mm-hmm. And I open up every time I read the Word. I just, I recite Psalm one nineteen eighteen. Open my eyes that I might see, that I might behold yeah. the wondrous things of your word. And, and that is just confessing to God, God, I'm, I'm, I'm dependent on you. Mm. If anything's going to get done here this morning or for the rest of my life, you need to work. You need to open my eyes. And the thing that opens my eyes is your spirit. And so I'm asking for more of your spirit That's right. to open my eyes and then to take that word and to cause it to dwell richly within mm. me throughout my entire week. Yeah. And then just to see the effect, because what that does is now, instead of not just knowing that it's true, and, and which is good, I know it to be true, I'm convinced of it, I profess it, but all glory belongs to Jesus then, mm. and all glory belongs to God and the Holy Spirit, because I have done nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. bring this about. It's a miracle of God, and uh, it's yeah. a great way to end the year, reflecting on that reality and build hope for this new year of all these resolutions. I'm sure that are going to get fired up. Like we all have, we're going to go to the gym more. We're going to eat better. We're going to whatever. Eventually I will fail all those. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Those things will all let me down, but God's word will get done stuff in my life. And that's a hope we can take into the new year. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Again, Piper, um, one of his helpful acronyms 
for remembering things, his IOUs, mm. I-O-U-S, um, four prayers from the Psalms, incline my heart toward you, mm. open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things in your word. You is unite my heart to fear your name and S is satisfy me with your steadfast love in the mm. morning. Praying those four things has been really helpful. Incline my heart toward you yeah. is... Um, Critical. It's just a confession. <laughs> my heart does lean in other directions. Yes. I am pulled in other directions. And so God, when my heart is bending away from you, would you please, by your spirit, bend me, incline me toward you. Um, open my eyes, like you just said, help me to see, because I don't have natural ability on my own. I'm not trusting my intelligence yeah. or my ability here. I, I need revelation. Uh, unite my heart, because my heart is often, again, divided, mm. pulled in, in different directions. And I, I want a singular, united heart that is you know, wholehearted devotion to God mm. uh, and satisfy me with your steadfast love in the yeah. morning. Again, w- whatever we desire the most, that, that's what we love and worship. Mm. Um, and we want to be satisfied by God's steadfast love. Mm. So, yeah, that, what, what a great text to remember that in the end... Um, the purpose of the father's testimony about his son is not just so that we would know more facts about the son, right. but that so we would know the son himself. Yeah. And then to know the father has not just given um, these proclamations about him, but he sends his spirit to accomplish that in mm. us. That makes it... Now there's this dynamic thing right. at work here. Um, we're not just... You can read... Old books by dead authors, they're long since passed, and um, you can find wisdom in their words. But to know that this author, his spirit, is living and active, mm. present with us, what a what a testimony. Then. That's right. I mean, there's, that's why there's no testimony like this. That's right. There's life in the Son. We have life in Him. So Amen. I'm stirred up, affected, just talking through this with you. So thank you. You bet, buddy.